Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. We're recording. Hello. How are you? Oh, I love doing this podcast. Oh. Yeah. You're doing the licky lip thing. I've just eaten three chunks of fruit and nut from Cadbury's and four of those bacon crisps from Poland. Yeah. I've got myself a little bit of hot orange barley water here with ice in it. Nice. One of my favourite, most refreshing drinks. Now, you have to be careful when you go to buy orange barley water because there's lots of ones called orange fruit and barley. Yes, it's That's not the not same. That. It is not the it's same. It's in the original old-fashioned bottle that looks like glass, but it's actually plastic. Yeah. And it's called orange barley water, lemon barley water. The only cordials for me to get, well, that and Vimto. Oh my God, do you know what that makes me think of? Yes, the two people in the audience. Amsterdam. Because ladies and gentlemen, this weekend, just gone, bearing in mind that it's Monday night, Monday the 17th, um, we went to Amsterdam. Yeah, we did. We went, when did we go? Friday? Friday. We went on Friday night and uh, we had Friday there, Friday night, all day Saturday and then Saturday night we went to see Goldplay at the Johan Cruyff. Arena. I've got to just highly recommend. We've already recommended the Grand Rex mm. in Paris, but I think going to see a band in Europe is so fun. Mm. So if you can get the train anywhere, yeah, or you can get a cheap flight. You know, sometimes they do flights mm. for kind of fifty quid or something. Mm-hmm. You know, as a birthday present. Mm. Or something like that to get tickets to see a band that you love at mm. the Johan Cruyff Stadium, which was easy to get to. Amsterdam's very small. Mm. It's quite an intimate. It's, a, it's sta- an intimate it's a, stadium. It's a stadium, but it's, it, I think it's sixty thousand, as because the Wembley's mm. about eighty-five thousand. So it feels a little bit more personal, I suppose. Um, Brussels is a great place to go and see because it? it's got a tiny population. So. Mm. They've not got big music halls there, and most people don't travel. Mm. So you can go and see a, a big band like the Arctic Monkeys in quite a small venue in Brussels because oh, there's, wow. not, there's not got that big venues there, you know. Mm. So I think you're absolutely right. It is worth travelling around Europe to go and see your mm. favourite band because you, and you get a slightly better experience. You know, if it's a big birthday or it's a big mm. event or it's a 21st, or I don't know, something big, mm. it's a great... I always yes. think it's experiences event, it? are yeah. such a nice thing to get someone... Mm. But we met two guys, three guys, yeah. at the stadium who were Dutch, mm-hmm. who were standing right next to us. One was called Hans, mm-hmm. and the other one was called Vim. And then his friend arrived, and I said, what's his name? And he went, Vim. And I went, what, another one? And he went, yes, Vim too. <laughs> and I was like, and I was my like, favourite drink. Oh, my God, Vim too. <laughs> so we um, started calling them Vim too and Hans. It was really good. And we met some friends there, um, and then like people we knew who were there and they were stood up in the stands 
And as you walked out into the arena floor... It's quite weird. You spotted them in the stands. In 60,000 people, I saw them. Quite amazing. Although they are the most beautiful people you've ever seen in your life. they're very, very attractive. Like, it's easy to spot Um, them. So you waved at them and they waved back. Yeah. And they took a picture of us both on the pitch. And if you go onto your Instagram account, you can see that picture. Us dicking about. But it's it's just such an amazing amazing picture, yeah. Um, they've got like the sea of people behind us, which is probably about ten or fifteen thousand people behind us, and then there's us at the front of the of the frame, and um, it's just like, oh my god, that's us! And that, oh, look at all these people! Like it's just such it's a great mad. shot. So we're getting it printed, I think, and framed. Absolutely mad, and, yeah. Yeah, it's a really nice picture, but we'll um, we'll stick it on the making the cut thing next week. As a given, Coldplay were brilliant. Obviously, we met the drummer afterwards as well. Oh my god. Um, I gave him a hug. Yeah, <laughs> one of my was a bit weirded out by that. No, he seemed really nice about really? it. Um, anyway, he seemed very nice, did the drummer, and um, and it was really good. I mean, it's the, they've got a, I guess, a show formula that they're they're going around the country doing. We spoke to their manager though, and they said they might tour this show until late 2025. I think they're coming back to the UK next summer. Bloody hell! Anyway, if you've not been. Go. I'd go. I know some of you go, might not like go, Coldplay. Go, No. But it's such an amazing show. I can, like, I can actually say to you, even if you don't like Coldplay, you will love this mm. gig because you'll know the songs, but the actual show itself is so extraordinary. Yeah, it is good. And happy. We went with this other couple that, that we know, and her, her husband, a guy called Wag, doesn't like the colour purple, which was quite a funny. It was something that came up the night before because yeah, it was, it was this huge funny. purple netting over this scaffolding, and he was like... Oh, God, I can't even look at that. I really don't like purple. And we were like, what do you mean you don't like purple? And he was like, I don't know. It's just one of those colours I don't like. I mean, I don't oh have God, a... This was so funny. I don't have a, a colour I don't like. No, neither do I. And I don't really know many people who do, so I thought it was very funny that... It was and, from Purple Ronnie. And we were kept bringing it up. A little bit of purple there, wag, and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, shut up, like. shut up. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we got into the arena, and then Coldplay come out, and they start with that song, Higher Power. And there's lasers and lights and cannons and stuff and then these confetti cannons poof up into the air and we look up and it's raining purple confetti right on his face and I mean, he just couldn't make it up I went who is purple he was like Aah! I've got the best video of yeah, it which I will post, we'll post on the making yeah. the cut page it was just of all the colours that could have landed on his face oh it was brilliant Anyway, we had a right good time Amsterdam's well worth a visit would highly recommend it it's really good fun the people are very friendly and um, yes to Amsterdam. Um, I want to talk to you about a comedian that I've been meaning to mention for ages mm-hmm. called Jeff Innocent. Oh, yes, I know Jeff Innocent. Oh, God, he's so mm. funny. So I came across him on um, Instagram. Uh, I don't... How long has he been going then? Well, um, okay, interestingly, got... I used to go to a, a, the England's... It was called the Hampstead Comedy Club on England's Lane back in the late 90s, early noughties, before mm. I had kids and everything. He and said for over 20 years. Yeah, so, well, that was back in the late, late, late 90s, 90s. Early 90s mm. so that's 20 years ago. So you yeah. saw him right at the oh, beginning. Oh, yeah, I saw him ages ago, yeah. This is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. There's a sentence here that I think describes his comedy yeah. really well, which says, his unique appeal lies in the contrast between his East and Giza appearance and demeanour mm-hmm. and his educated philosophical delivery yeah. and culturally relevant subject mm. matter. And I just... I love the way he leads you down one road mm-hmm. and then you end up somewhere completely mm. different. So unexpected. I think partly 
it was really nice for me because I didn't know his humour or yeah. how he works or what his mm. joke telling was like. So it was so surprising. But I cannot recommend him high enough. He is so brilliant. He's won British Comedian of the Year, Best Live Club Comedian, oh, wow. Comedian's Comedian. Um, he's got unbelievable mm. um, reviews, reviews from all of the papers. And he is Jeff Innocent on uh, Instagram. Um, let me yeah, just double, some double check that. clips of him on there and uh, some of his stuff. Should I play something? Extremely good. Yeah, why not? I mean, stick a bit on. Um, so Jeff Innocent Official. That's what he is. He's got 123,000 followers. Ooh, got 1,000 um, more than me. Yes, you know that. I tell you what, if that was my girlfriend, I'd still be at home. I wouldn't be here, man. I'll tell you that. I wouldn't be here. Would you? You've been together a while, and you've been together a while. Okay, so you know the school. I can't really teach you much, but you know what I will say is uh, to any young white men in here with a with a black girlfriend who are not sure how it's going to go. When you're having sex, you know when you have sex with white women, you can pull on their hair. Don't do that shit now, yeah? <laughs> oh no! Oh no! 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 Because. <laughs> That's 300 quid right there, man. And who knows, you could have been sitting in Eunice's hairstylist for eight fucking hours to get that, and you go in there and start fucking tugging. Not going to work. <laughs> I love him when yeah, he talks about his missus yeah. at home. He's so brilliant yeah. and respectful and funny um, and lovely. It's just a really, he's a re- he just seems like a super lovely guy. Yeah, um, I totally and agree. I don't know Very when funny. he's playing or anything, but just follow him online. Um, and um, if you go to his homepage, yeah, I'm sure they'll be. Com. Yeah, yeah, you can sign up for a, for a newsletter and then they'll let you know. When he's performing. Um, very good. Okay, so uh, last Sunday or whenever it was, um, me and Joel went to the cinema. My son s- said he was keen to take me to see a movie. Uh, and I was like, yeah, great. So there's um, a cinema here in London called The Prince Charles. But there's very similar cinemas to this all over the country where they actually, excuse me, they actually play old films, not really new films. They will show the old new release, but they'll largely do little screenings of you know, famous directors or movies that have done well in the past and whatnot. So, anyway, he took me to see uh, Paris, Texas, uh, which I'd never seen before, uh, and I'd heard a lot about it, and I'd heard it referenced hundreds of hundreds of times throughout my life, you know. Mm. And people say, oh, my God, you've got to see that, you know. So, anyway, we, we, we went to see it. Um, it's a couple of hours long, which I thought, oh, it's quite long, but then 7.8 on IMDb, anything over 7.5 is worth over two hours of me time so I thought I'd go and see it so if you've not seen that film then I would um, that's the first thing I'm recommending really you don't have to see it at the cinema you go and see it anywhere really um, but it's a very interesting story about a guy who's been in the wilderness somewhere um, in the desert for four years he seems to have uh, had some kind of breakdown and decided to disappear and then eventually he turns up somewhere and his brother goes to find him his brother goes and gets him and brings him back to California and he's got to try and piece his life back together mm. essentially uh, and he realises he's got a son um, that he knew mm. about but uh, he left behind and then he's kind of forming a bond with his son there's lots of very kind of humorous bits and pieces in there and then eventually you find out that uh, he left his girlfriend as well well she left him actually um, these aren't spoilers by the way because you know you get to grips with this story quite early on 
Um, and then there is him trying to reconcile the thing that made him disappear in the end. Um, so it was a it was a long watch to start with. I remember thinking, oh, is this for me? This movie, you know, is it dragging it out? What's it trying to What's it trying to say? What's it trying to do? The little boy in it, by the yeah, way, it's amazing, right? It's unbelievable. Who's yeah. play, who played the little boy? I'm not who sure. Got... Well, let's have a look on the old IMDb. Do you want me to get it up? You oh, carry no, on I'll talking. You know, it's difficult to find young child actors, I think, that um, really managed to um, capture the role so well. Yeah. But this little boy does it. You, you all right there? Or are you just listening? That's Joel. I'm just talking about Paris, Texas. Oh, yeah. So it's Henry Dean Stanton plays Travis, the lead in it. He's so good. Yes, fantastic. Harry, isn't it? Um, Harry Dean Stanton? Yeah, what did I say? Henry. Oh, did I? Yeah. Crikey, O'Reilly. I've had a busy day, ladies and gents. It's been very busy. Um, the little boy is called Hunter Henderson. He's actually called Hunter in the film as well. Oh, is which he? is quite interesting. Yeah, I he's called Hunter that. Carson. Um, I haven't seen it in so long, I almost can't remember. Hmm. I remember the end. Um, he's in a few films. I'm just trying to see. This in, what else? He's in something called For Rent from 2011. So he's been in some kind of modern films. It'd be interesting to see what he looks like now. He's not in six... Six senses. No, yeah. I know who you're thinking of. Yeah. yeah. So Paris, Texas, 1984. Invaders oh, from Mars. He was yeah. in in 1986, uh, and then a few other bits and pieces. It'll be worth having a look for him. But anyway, um, just going back to the film, the other person who's in it is Natasha Kinski. She's amazing. And blimey, all yeah, right. She's I unbelievable. How she was a she huge pinup in France mm. at the time. Well, my mate Pip has got in his living room a black and white picture of Natasha Kinski. I never really thought anything of it. I didn't know who mm. she was, really. I thought she was mm. just some kind of model. Um, but, wow, when she turns up in this film, you're just like, blimey. Yeah, she's knockout, she's isn't she? She's made in a laboratory. She's so gorgeous. In a laboratoire. And the other thing that's really impressive about it is that at the end, there's a, there's a scene between the two of them where they're very big, long takes, unedited cuts of pieces of acting where they're talking to each other. And you really get get an angle on, on, on it quite early that there are no edits, really. They're just mm. one solid piece of acting, but like a piece of theatre. Mm. But it's it's per- perfect, I would say. Just mm. utterly perfect. And made me cry quite a bit at the end, um, which I wasn't really expecting from, from the kind of lead-up to it. I thought, oh, I could just like to see how this is going to conclude. And then when it did conclude... You realise that all the effort of the movie building up to this final scene, it just makes it all worthwhile because you're really invested in this person mm. and you want to know either what he's done or what's happened to him and then you find out. And Jesus, I thought it so was So Paris, just Texas. Paris, Texas. And you could probably find it on telly, right? If yes, you look at Just Watch, I'll have a look It's now. on Prime. You can get it on Prime oh. Video for two forty nine um, on Amazon. It seems to be on the BFI player. Ladies and gents, if you've not seen it or you saw it a long time ago... It's, it's on a, Apple TV as well. It's on Apple TV. And Mubi. Okay. Booby. <clears throat> um, yeah, I, I just really loved it. I thought it was a great film and it stayed with me for the last week and a half or so since we watched it. Uh, and I'm, I'm thinking about it a lot. So it's always sign of a good movie, I think, where um, you know it comes back time and times again. Um, so Paris, Texas, 2 hours 25, 8.1 on IMDb. Amazon Prime or Apple TV. It's great. But you were going to talk about the Prince Charles Cinema. 
Oh, well, the Prince Charles cinema, sorry, just uh, just that it shows old films. I've talked about the Prince Charles film cinema before, but if you're ever in London, um, it's worth having a look what's on there. Cause it's or looking this... up in your local area if there's a cinema yeah. that does something similar, because it is nice, isn't it? Going yeah. To see our movies. When I was in St Albans, they had something called the Odyssey there, and they'd play. Oh yeah. Um, I went to see the Fly there, David Cronenberg's The Fly yeah, on, I remember on, on that. Halloween, and it's just great. You know, like it is a real time travel experience because you you're back in time to watch an old film at the cinema. It feels like you were there, you know. Um. Anyway, it's really good. Really good. Um, I would like to, I don't know quite what to talk about, there's so many things, but I think I'm going to talk about this free course for acting. It's at the Kingdom School of Arts, and a girlfriend of mine just graduated there. Um, she's a mature student, and she, she went there and said it was absolutely amazing. But one of the things that I really like about it is that they do free acting training for 16- to 19-year-olds. Mm-hmm. And they audition. It's a fully funded eight-week part-time acting course, and it starts in. Um, it started in April 2023, but they'll start auditioning for people for next year, mm-hmm. probably in February. But it's really worth keeping an eye on it because she said the course is absolutely amazing. So it runs from April to June, takes place once a week, and the classes are three hours each, but fully funded. They, mm. They're free. Really? Yes, you just have to go and apply for it. It's at the Arts Ed Centre in Chiswick, which mm-hmm. is West London. So you could e- even travel in from outside of London if you're not having to travel too far, one or two hours to get here and then do a three-hour yeah. course. It would be oh, amazing. That's great, yeah. Um, so keep an eye out on info at wearekingdom.org.uk. That's info at wearekingdom.org.uk. Um, apparently it is absolutely great there are other courses that you can do that are mm-hmm. paid for that you know you have to pay for and you can go and do it but I've heard really really good thing about art, things about arts ed in terms of yeah. um, acting and the the agents and mm-hmm. the people that go there to go and view the people that are doing the courses and I just want to say very very well done to my friend Arabella Tate oh, very good yeah so I'm listening to an audiobook at the moment I don't read very much. I know lots of people send us books. But mm. I find it difficult finding the time to read and the concentration to read, especially at the mm. moment because it's just so busy. But I do like listening to books being read to me. So there was a book I bought you quite a long time ago, and I think we might have recommended it way back when. Uh, it was called The Body by Bill Bryson. And Bill Bryson's normally a, ta- a travel writer, um, but as a bit of a change, he decided to take a journey around the human body and write about that and all the different complexities that go on inside the human body because it is a fucking miracle basically you know and um you forget just how much work it's doing all the time in order to keep us all alive and Mm. keep moving through our body and um keep waste going out and new cells being regenerated and all that i guess so yes sweat yeah oh we yeah oh yeah you know getting rid of salt and all sorts of toxins and Mm. stuff like that it's quite amazing really but also just the things that it's doing all of the time without you actually realizing well i think one of one of the maddest things i thought about Mm. the other day that i can't quite believe is that when we cut ourselves our skin meshes back together it's remarkable really isn't it 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 reforms back Mm. together Mm. i i you know when something I mean, I'm 55 and I've just realised that. Yeah. And it blew my mind. Mm. How weird is that? Yeah. And there's all sorts of... I mean, it's kind of really clever and very sophisticated, but also a bit daft at some points as well. So 
it takes you on these kind of this journey through the body all the way through the head down through the neck through the arms and legs through the heart the lungs the liver the kidneys but all the things that go on in your mouth for instance i mean you just wouldn't believe what your mouth does all of the time without you really knowing about it tell me it talks a little bit about well you know the fact that there's um, endless bits of bacteria going into your mouth like you know you're just it's just a gaping hole of breathing in bacteria licking your hands that have touched all sorts of things. I mean, they do these experiments about the common cold. So, for instance, they get someone to simulate a common cold by having, you know, some loose fluid in their nose, for instance, and it's um, an ultraviolet light fluid, so you can see it under ultraviolet light. So they put this under someone's nose, they put them in a room of 30 people for 20 minutes, and after 20 minutes they turn on the black light. And <laughs> it is everywhere. <laughs> the, the, the runny nose is on everybody's hands everybody's cups, oh every surface, it's oh my God. everywhere. So it's just the idea that that bacteria is floating around all the time. Now, not everybody gets a cold because no. your body and, your, and, and the bacteria in your mouth is being constantly fought by other things. But one of the flip sides of um, the enzyme in your mouth that's fighting bacteria is that it gives you tooth decay. So, you know, it's like there's something that's saving you, but it's also slightly killing mm. you at the same time. You know, it's quite interesting. The other fact I thought was great, which is that... On average, each week you get cancer about 12 times. Everybody does. But your cell recognises that it's mutated and other cells come along and fix it and sort it out. So you're constantly getting it and being cured of it continually. Your body's so sophisticated that it can spot, wow. you know, where bits of malfunctioning That's and then so get onto mad. it. It's just crazy, isn't it? It is so mad. Um, and then there's loads of stories about how things were discovered. Like, for instance, that, that they can put a cannula through your artery into your heart. Oh, I love this story. So this is one particular doctor in the 30s or 40s who decided that he thought this would be doable and in order to prove whether it was doable or not he did it to himself so he put a cannula through his artery in his arm and fed it all the way through to his heart to his heart insane. not knowing whether his heart would stop or not when it got there so he manages to feed it all the way through and he can feel it eventually enter his heart oh and my then god he works in a hospital so he goes downstairs in the lift and goes to the radiology department where they can x-ray him to see where the tube is, and it's actually in his, in his aorta, you know. Um, so there you go. That's how he proved that you could do that. But a lot of these things that you discovered through um, trial and error and operations, mm. like lobotomies, there's a whole bit on the brain oh, and God. how they used to lobotomize people. Um, I think it was JFK's brother or sister, I think JFK's sister, I think his dad got her lobotomized without the mum's knowledge. <gasps> And she spent the rest of her life in a care home, never being able to speak again, you know. Fuck. Some amazing stories in there. So it's not just the body, but it's about all these History other scientists and doctors and, and all the rest of it. And yeah. the things they did and the things they experimented yeah. with to try and get to a place. And what's also interesting is the kind of lack of regulation that there was in order to come to a solution. Obviously, it was unbelievable because they killed lots of people and mm. tried all sorts of things out on them. Um, uh, there's the birth of penicillin and the antibiotic which i always thought was something to do with um milk like off milk but there isn't a single mention of that in this in this story mm. uh, so i couldn't quite know where that came from so there's loads of stories outside of the body as well but but about the invention of medicines and treatments and stuff like that to fix it but it's not a medical book it's just a book about the body, you know. So don't mm. think, oh, well, you know, I'm probably not interested in that. If you've got a body... It's told in a very accessible way, though, isn't it? Really good, and the narrator's mm. fantastic at it. 
Um, but anyway, it's called The Body by Bill Bryson. I think it was something like twelve ninety nine on audiobook. It's 14 hours long. Wow. And uh, I listen to a bit of it every day, you know, maybe half an hour, 45 minutes So Bill minutes Bryson doesn't narrate it? I don't think so, no. Um, but not often. I don't think many authors do their own novels. And I guess it's considered a kind of... Well, authors don't do novels, but they normally do write fact. Well, I they... mean, read... Oh, they would normally so you, read. So you'd you get would an do actor. your menopause. Book. I did my menopause yeah. book. Yeah, yeah. I certainly don't think it's Bill Bryson, but mm. I could, uh, I'd, I could have a look. But anyway, I'd highly, highly recommend it. It's just something really interesting. It's full of facts, and it's full of little nuggets and stuff that you're really good at dinner parties. You know, when people go, "Oh, I don't like meeting people because I've never got anything to say." Once you've read this book, you've got like a million things to say to people that would blow them away. You know, so. Well, you've blown uh, me away with, I, with lots oh, of it. I yeah, love it. Yeah, good, good. Yeah, it's great. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I've got family recommendations today. Mm-hmm. I've got one from Gabba, mm-hmm. my mum, and one from Becca, her sister. So they're two short ones, so I'm going to do them back to back. The first one is SuffolkLatchCompany.com. Mm-hmm. The SuffolkLatchCompany.com. Okay. It's basically doorknobs, door handles, hand-forged window furniture, exterior door furniture, cabinet furniture, home hardware. Now, you and I know I how hard it is... Mm to find good thing furniture, like doors, yes. windows, blah, blah, blah. just handles. to find the handles, yeah, things yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Just look at that doorknob. That's bloody lovely. God, that's that. nice. Aye. On the holding page. So you've got beehive doorknobs, you've got solid mm. beehive doorknobs. They're just all different shapes, colours, sizes, hand-forged things. Look <laughs> at those. Yeah, nice. So nice. Exterior door furniture. Mm-hmm. I mean, who knew how important exterior door furniture was? Yeah. And the different sizes on mm. different doors. You've got to get it right. Cabinet furniture, door handles. That's oh, another oh. really difficult one. Oh, what's he doing? He's going out. Oh. Yeah. Joel's going out. Joel, where, where are you going? Just for a walk. Are you going to Amazon Fresh? Give me a bag of crisps or something, salt and vinegar. Yeah. <laughs> Since we come back from Amsterdam, I only want salty base food. I wonder what that's about. Oh, You're lacking. I'm lacking, you know, probably dehydrated. Um, so, door handles. Mm-hmm. Also, very difficult to find things that you like. They are very important. You never realise how important they are until yeah, you need, you need one. one. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that's the Suffolk Latch Company. Thank you very much to Gabba. The other thing I wanted to talk about um, is from Becca, Auntie Becca. Now, this is amazing. Mm, like BoathouseLondon.co.uk Boathouse London. Not the boathouse. 
uh, it's boathouselondon.co.uk. Now, these are event spaces and accommodation spaces in London on the water. Mm. Oh my God. So there's one in Paddington West that is basically... Yeah, have a look at um, the accommodation one. I'm just trying to click on it. Weirdly, Oh, it's loading very slowly. So this is in Paddington West mm-hmm. and it is a 66-foot squared um, boat. It's up to four people. It holds up mm-hmm. to four people. And the price is from £360. So when we look at um, the gallery here, you've got a lovely living room, sitting room area. And um, a beautiful big double bed with a bath and a shower. Yeah, looks amazing. I mean, the bathroom is nicer than most bathrooms you'd get in houses. It's crazy. And the kitchen's enormous. I mean, if you wanted to go away mm. on holiday on a city break somewhere, go to Bloom in London and stay yeah. on this boat. And then they've got, um, what's really nice is they've got also got event spaces. So the different boats um, are used for different things. So this one is uh, used for accommodation, but you've got other boats that are kitted out for events. They can do big dinner parties. Um, they can kind of host... Um, something more intimate. Um, The space is really beautiful, light and airy. They cook um, on the boat and the food looks absolutely incredible. There's a little picnic boat um, available for hire where you can go up uh, the river and have a little picnic Mm. table um, with some snacks on it for eight people, up to eight people. You can have um, a drinks menu or you can BYO, bring your own. Um, they can sort out BYO. BYO is um, what they do in Australia. Um, flowers and styling you can get as well, and they provide catering. But I mean, look how nice it looks, and it's so different. Mm. I love things that are different and a bit unique. I'd really quite like to stay there one night. Yeah, let's do it. Should we do that? Yeah, let's we do it. We need another couple. We should have four of us in. Let's it. get Wag and Sarah. I see Wag and Sarah want to do it. Yeah. Okay. Um, they're our new uh, couple. Our, our new bezies. Yeah. Um, well, I love the look of that. Yeah. And um, one day, I, I mean, I'll have to do an event at some point for MD London, so maybe yes. I could do one on the boat. That's such a good idea. I'll have to kind of somehow make a tangible link to hair. Hair in the um, water, water, wet hair. No, that's good. You've always told me water it. is the enemy of hair. Yeah, no. But you've got to okay, wash it. Okay, get in the water. Yeah, now get out get and in use the this hairdryer. <laughs> Um, very good. I like that very much. Thanks very much, Auntie Becca. Okay, a couple of things. First one is, um, I'm going to do a music one. Yeah. Is that, uh, as you know, I think probably last year, my kids for my birthday took me to see David Gray do his 20th anniversary of White Ladder at the O2, which was great. Came out, did a few songs, uh, you know, just general kind of hits. And then he did the whole White Ladder album from start to finish. Brilliant. And then he finished with um, Say Hello, Wave Goodbye with Mark Almond and all that stuff. He also finished with two David Bowie songs in memory of David Bowie from uh, an anecdote he had about uh, Glastonbury Festival. Can you just quickly tell that? Yes. um, So um, basically, I I think it's in. They've been. He's made one album and it's not done very well, and he's done a couple of other things. It's not done very well, and then he wrote White Ladder. And, you know, it didn't do that well. But the people of Ireland seemed to quite like it. So they self-financed the album over there and actually drove 
carloads of the record over there to stocking shops and stuff like that but it sold really well and I think it got to number one in Ireland but nowhere else but they put a bit of pressure on Warner Music to say would you please get behind the album in the UK it's done really well in Ireland you know we've released Babylon but it didn't do very well Mm. so anyway Warner's decided they would get behind it a little bit and they get them a Glastonbury slot on the Friday at like 11.30 in the morning you know, not on the main stage, yeah. on another stage. And anyways, they go, well, great, we've never played Glastonbury before. And they've tied it in with the re-release of Babylon. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's about 1999, 2000 or something like that. So um, they do that and they do the show and it's really good and they're super excited. Um, and they're like, "Way well, hey, we played Glastonbury and they're all back in the hotel having a few drinks and all, the, all that jazz. Anyway, I think on Saturday morning, they're due to go back to wherever it is they live, Manchester or, or whatever, and he gets a phone call from Michael Levis, you know, who basically says that... Um, who pulled out? Oh, God, I can't remember who pulled out. Yeah. Somebody so, pretty or... big, but they, 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 uh, Burt Baccarat. That's it. Burt Baccarat's pulled out on Sunday uh, at five o'clock, and you were so good, you lot. Why don't you come back and do the main pyramid stage oh at five o'clock God, on Sunday? Oh my God, so good. You're third in line to David Bowie, who's going to close the whole festival. And he's like, bloody hell. So he's like, rings his dad and, you know, rings the and band and all the rest of it. And basically says, you know, we're, we're, we're coming back again. We're on Sunday, you know, just before David Bowie. And they're but like, tell bloody hell. his dad. I will, yeah, yeah. And he says, um, and so he rings his dad and he tells his dad, and he's, his dad's very poorly with cancer and he's having chemotherapy. Um, but his dad decides, you know, on Sunday morning to go like, well, fuck this, and pulls the tubes out of his arms, get, rings his mate and says, would you come and get me Aww. from the car park of the hospital? We're going to Glastonbury, you know. So, you know, the, the, on the Sunday afternoon, they're all waiting to go on and out pops his dad into this porter cab and he's like, fucking hell, dad, what are you doing here? You know, it's like... I wasn't going to miss, miss this. And he says, how did you even get in? He said, I just blagged me way in. He's just like, bloody amazing. I'm you David Gray's dad. Yeah. Brilliant. So it's just great. And so they're waiting in the porter cabin and the top 40's on, you know, and they're waiting to see where Babylon is. So, I mean, I won't ruin the whole story, but Babylon comes in at a really good place in the charts. They're over the moon. They go out and play their set and it's absolutely blinding. You know, they're over the moon. They've played to the main stage, 70,000 people, biggest audience wow. they've ever uh, and they're sat outside all drinking uh, and uh, uh, D- um, David Gray's dad says, uh, well, look at you lot all happy and here cheering. And look over there, there's David Bowie looking really s- sad and lonely, you know, because he stood outside his dressing room looking stressed, smoking, you know. So his dad goes, he says, I'm going to go and talk to David Bowie. <laughs> David Gray's like, you can't go and talk to David fucking Bowie, dad. You know? And he does, he goes over there and his dad brings him over to the porter cabin oh. where they all are. And he said, we spend, you know, about an hour with David Bowie and we're talking through his set list and he's telling us how nervous Aww. he is and whether it's going to go well or not. And he talked to us about how great he was. Hey, it's just this amazing story where Aww. he just says, you know, we play Gastonbury, you know, we get a number one single and David Bowie comes and spends Aww. a couple of hours with before he's set. And he said, it's just like, he said, my, my whole life changed that day. Aww. You know, he said the, the molecules in my body and the energy yeah. that was in them was... As was never the same yeah. and then he does Life on Mars and All You Pretty Things wow. uh, live that's part of the album anyway it's called The White Ladder Live and it's just come out on Friday but I thought oh I'll have a listen to that because I know the songs really well and I enjoyed I enjoy his voice but God that's so good he's been singing them for so long mm. that he, pl- he can play around with them melodically mm. oh, with I'll his voice to listen to that. but, but um, Life on Mars is brilliant because mm. 
you know, it starts quite low, you know, and then it, it builds and builds, builds until, until you go, there's their life on mine. It's like, you think, Jesus, how do you hit that note after singing all the way down there? It's just like, oh. Anyway, it's a knockout listen, if you remember that album, and it's a really good celebration of it as well. And Say Hello, Wave Goodbye is brilliant. Night Blindness is brilliant. Please Forgive Me on there is brilliant. And it's his old original White Ladder band. So there's a guy called Clune who played the drums at that time. He doesn't really play the drums with anymore. But he put the old old band back together and toured it as it would have been toured back in the day. Mm. Anyway, it's David Gray live, the 20th anniversary edition of White Ladder. And it's on Apple Music and Spotify and all, that, all the rest of it. Mm. But have a little listen to the anecdote he's got about the David Bowie story. Because it's, mm. it's in there just before Life on Mars. And it's... He's a very funny storyteller, I think, David Bowie. He's got a bit of Springsteen-esque um, humour about him. David Bowie? Uh, David Gray, sorry. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's really good. Uh, so that's a recommendation for you for music. That was really nice. Yeah, good. Thanks. Right. I do love your stories. Yeah, my, I've got another recommendation, mm-hmm. but I really like this because it's a really, really good book for kids okay. about money. Mm-hmm. And I've always been fascinated in how school can teach us all maths, mm-hmm. but they don't prepare us for anything. No. They don't teach us how to save money or how to be sensible mm-hmm. or why we need money or why is it important or how it can help or how it can be a hindrance. Yeah. It's like they don't prepare us at all. And this is a book for six to nine-year-olds, um, and it's called Why Money Matters, and it's by Deborah Meaden. Oh, wow. And do I know Deborah Mead? She's a dragon. Oh, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so basically she's um, an investor mm-hmm. and a dragon on Dragon's Den. And this is just a really accessible guide for little money experts. And it's a um, non-fiction journey. Uh, it's inclusive. It's got inclusive artwork throughout by How How. And it's just a way of teaching you how money shapes the world but it also doesn't feel overwhelming so I think if anybody wants to give someone a present that is actually just really blooming useful that looks really good yeah that would be good for me how old, yeah. how old is it for six to ten yeah perfect, perfect for perfect. me yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and me <laughs> um that's a great I think idea it, what's what I do really like about this idea is that often you know we're embarrassed to talk to kids about money or mm-hmm. we kind of somehow think that it's a bad thing. But I do think... Yes, we you, just... you shun it slightly, don't you, mm. and say, there's more to life than money, you yeah. know. But actually, it's bloody important. It is important. Um, and maybe there's not enough credence put on it or something. Well, I just think we do, we do so much maths, but if we did maths more practically, we'd mm. all remember it better. Mm. If we actually applied the maths yeah. to real life while we were doing it... Yeah. You um, told him that really, really interesting fact about putting money away, uh, thirty-five pounds a month. Oh or my something, god! Was it, it was a hundred pounds a month mm-hmm. for was it thirty years or forty years? I thought it was thirty-five years. I'm I think it was 30, thirty. Thirty-five in there somewhere. But go on. Anyway, um, basically, if you if you put it away for it was something like if you put money away for thirty years. Um, from 30 pounds. to 60 you'd mm. have a million pounds 
But if you started 10 years later, I might be wrong, it might be 40 and 30. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. 40. we get the general gist. But if you started 10 years later, you'd lose 700,000 of it. Yeah, you'd only have because, 300,000. Because, yes, of compound because, interest, because of compound interest. Yeah. But those first 10 years mm. are so important. But actually, if you think about it now, £25 a week, people probably spend that on coffee, going to oh, work or whatever. God, easy. And, but you think you can't afford it. Mm. But... It, with a small kind of tweak to mm. your spending, you could afford it, and then you'd be a millionaire. So um, start now, I'd be done by 80 yeah. million pounds. Great, we'll have a great time. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> be decrepit by then, yeah. You'll never be decrepit. Um, what are you talking about? That's a great book, um, mm. and I really like Deborah Meaden. I, I got to know her a little bit. She mm. wanted me to do her hair for quite a long time, and I never could. Um, but we communicated quite a bit, and she's a really nice person. Mm. Um, so me and Joel have been watching The Thick of It recently. So Joel is my 17-year-old son, and he's mad about sitcoms and comedy and comedy movies and all sorts of stuff that makes him laugh, really. We've watched sitcoms since we were kids, but The Thick of It is something I've always rattled on about as being one of the greatest, uh, funniest TV shows, I think, that, that's ever been made. Um, it was made probably in the mid-noughties or maybe slightly earlier than that um, and it followed a minister for social affairs, Hugh Abbott um, as he kind of dawdled his way through government uh, trying to get various uh, policies passed um, and then it's portrayed uh, a kind of Alistair Campbell spin doctor type person called Malcolm Tucker who's played by Peter Capaldi who largely became the star of the show he's just bloody brilliant in it um, now, it was an Armando Iannucci thing, but it was also wrote, written by Jesse Armstrong, who uh, wrote Peep Show and also went on to write Succession. And um, you can just see and feel the quality in this show. So it's currently on the iPlayer at the moment. Now, the first two seasons only had three episodes each in it. So the first two seasons were only six episodes in total. And it starred a chap called Chris Langham, who went on to be uh, convicted of... Um, I think having child pornography on his computer and he was actually sentenced to prison for uh, six months or so I know so um so I can imagine there might be people out there listening saying oh you know this is this this guy so you know I, I'm aware of all of that um obviously the BBC kind of removed it for a while but they put it back on um and then seasons three and season four he's not in it for obvious reasons uh, and then um they've got a slightly different cast but Malcolm Tucker's still in it as well what I would say, really, is that I would just... Don't dismiss those first six episodes because of the Chris Langham Association. Um, there's lots of other people in it as well. And it's truly a brilliant, brilliant piece of television. Um, the writing's great. The acting's great. The stories are absolutely knockout. And for my 70-year-old son, it's actually a funny kind of introduction into politics. You know, he's not politically minded, particularly. You know, he's not got a, a very good understanding of perhaps what a, a, a left side politics is and a right side politics and where Labour sits and where the Conservatives sit. But this kind of gives you an introduction into what government is a bit like. You know, it's fumbling over itself quite a lot of the time. It's obviously very, very funny. But it's also, a lot of it really matters and it matters to these ministers and when they get things wrong, you know, once it, it is funny, but two, it's also quite tragic. Um, so we're watching that at the moment. Um, so it's all on the iPlayer. I read an article in the Evening Standard today that some people were saying that the BBC should remove this show. And this woman was making a case for why it shouldn't be removed, you know, despite the Chris Langham Association, was that actually there's too many other people in it. It's too brilliant. And Armando Nucci's done such a good job of it that actually, 
you just got to f- forget about that bit of you know the Chris Langham thing and just accept the thing as a piece of televisual art. Um, I, I agree with her actually, but um, anyway, you can uh, you can see what you think for yourself. I'd watch the first two seasons and then watch the rest, and then it concludes with a movie called In the Loop. Um, which I'm sure I've probably recommended on mm, this place before. The movie is utterly brilliant. But mm. you've got to remember that it's under a Blair government, it's under a Labour government when this thing came out and the whole thing's set in that period. Um, I think it goes on to them losing an election and it changes to um, to a Conservative government. But um, it's it's really good and Joel's really loving it. And they've got a very unique style of the way the thing's captured, uh, filmed and acted, uh, which is that it's pretty much unscripted. Um, so there's quite a clunkiness to it, but it, it, it allows a lot of room for a lot of human. Chris Addison's in it as well, who was a stand-up back in the day, who's bloody knockout, I think. And there's a chap called Glenn in it as well, who is very, very funny. So I couldn't recommend it enough. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Um, and like I say, quite an interesting introduction to politics for young people if they want to have a laugh and try and get a handle on, on what's going on there. The think of it, BBC iPlayer. Just want to quickly say we're watching Hijack and the latest episode is coming out on Wednesday and we're both really enjoying that. I have talked about it already. Oh, yeah. Um, Idris Elba. Did Apple we talk TV. about it last yeah. week? Really? Yeah. Mm. Um, That's great. Did, did I don't we, think we did, you know. Did we not? Yeah. I don't remember talking about it and I haven't seen it being posted on Making no, the I Court. No, I haven't either. Hijack, ladies it's and so gents. so good. Let's hold it and we'll do okay, it next Okay, we'll hold week. it. Um, go on. Um, I'm, I'm not going to do anything else because I think we've probably got to go to... Um, shout outs. Shout outs. But I will do just a very quick Instagram account. It's okay. just because it's so nice to look at. It's called oh. National Parks Gram. And it's, this is in Iceland. Look at that. Wow. Look. Have you been to Iceland? No. I really want to go. Yeah, I've been. Um, yeah. I mean, look. Times. Look, look. At this. Wow. This is in um, Sequoia National Park in mm. America. The Seco- Look at them. The size of the trees. Oh, so trees. if you want to go somewhere and experience something extraordinary, I mean, this is what Instagram's great for. It's great for making you really want to go and explore parts of the world that possibly you would never normally go to. Um, but even just looking at... Um, Namibia, mm, um, America, Iceland, all of these amazing countries. Um, Bryce Country, National Park, insane places you have to see in Oregon. The world's a beautiful place, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it bloody is stunning. I think when you combine, you know, the world and nature with that Bill Bryson book about the body, yeah, it's just magical, yeah. basically, isn't it? It's hard to believe any of it exists. Yeah. It's just... Not. I mean, this is a place in um, Mexico, wow. and it's uh, nestled amidst monarch butterfly mm. sanctuaries. Look how many butterflies! <sighs> anyway, beautiful. Yeah. Uh, okay, on to the shout out, ladies and gents. This is one f- called Zans, which is X Anz, uh, Toronto, I think. It says, "Hi, Michael and uh, Davina. I love your podcast so much. I'm binging from the beginning." Can't wait for every episode every week. Please watch this and especially read the comments because they are funny without being mean. I think it will make you laugh. Love, sent from Toronto. Bei den Finnish Hobby Horse Championships gab es viele verschiedene Prüfungen auf sechs Plätzen in diesem Jahr. In der Dressur gab es die Kühe, eine normale Prüfung und die Dressur Championship, bei der jedoch nur ein Jahr amazing. Hobby Horse Championships. So this is called Horsey Horse Generation. Um, God, 167,000 likes. Oh my God, um, I love it! 
Um, this, so some of the comments says, I was going to make fun, but thought better. They're happy, not hurting anyone. Live and let live. Do you think they'd let a contestant ride a unicorn for a friend? Now the jumps are amazing. I'm here for all of this. Oh my god, oh my it is god, so fun. Oh my god, look so at the jumps. Good. Oh no, stop, go. Oh my god. So they they've got a hobby horse which if anyone doesn't know it's a horse on a stick. Um oh horse's head god. on a stick and they're doing tricks and jumps. Horseyhorse.generation. My god, it's absolutely nuts. It's a real thing. There's an audience watching them. You gotta watch it. Oh my god, this is amazing. We've got to get the hobby horse. We've got to get some hobby horses. I want to go next year. Oh, I want to god. enter. Jesus, it's right up your street, it's that, isn't it? It's so up my street. Oh my um, god. Sandif. Um from Toronto. Thank you so That's much. That's amazing. And thanks for listening from the beginning. So, this is. Thought Davina might find this amusing. Um, this is. Is it John Lewis advert? Johnny Vegas. Yes. Yeah, we can't wait. We got any peas. Oh no, it's not Johnny no. Vegas. Merry Christmas. It's a Christmas ad. Oh, he's trying to learn how to skateboard. We've got to show Joel. Oh shit. He's broken. Oh, he's trying to learn how to skateboard. Nailed it. Oh, look, he's really trying to... This is what Joel was like, but this man is in his 40s trying to learn how to skateboard. That's what I did in my 40s. Oh, he caught his skateboard. He's learning how to skateboard. Took me over the yeah, edge there. Yeah, me too. Um, so John Lewis have just made an advert um, about. I don't want to ruin the end of it. I think we'll just yeah. have to post it. Yeah, but it's yeah, really, it. really nice, Carla. Who's, thank who's you very Carla. much, Carla. As from Julie Dawn says, hi Michael and Davina. Currently down in Newquay, spending lots of time with my best friend, and she took me to an incredible vintage shop here. Love of Lemons. It's really gorgeous boutique style shop and lots of 80s and 90s items. I bought a beautiful dress and a pair of Levi's at £38 each. Oh, Bosh! Wow, she says. that's amazing. The owner is an amazing woman and helped uh, size me for the perfect fit on the Levi's. They are on Insta of loveoflemons.co.uk. Uh, oh, great. Um, uh, keep up the fantastic work on the podcast. Jules, that sounds great. Love of Lemons, and that's down in Newquay. But they've also got a website. Where are you reading Jules. these from? General. Yeah, so I've got it on general as well, but I'm I'm not seeing any of the ones that you're reading. Oh. Anyway. Um, what have you, who's that from? Lindsay. 
So, Lindsay McMahon says, hey guys, still loving the pod. Well, that's good. Yeah, it's a good sign, isn't it? Yeah, it's a good sign. I have a recommendation. For my birthday, I asked my husband to get me a daisy necklace, as I only really wear things that have meaning to me. Oh, and my nana was called Daisy. He got me this gorgeous necklace from Rachel Whitehead Jewellery, and it's absolutely stunning. They've got a lovely About Us page, which I know you'll love, Davina. And I just think they deserve a shout-out, please, because her designs are absolutely gorgeous. She makes all her items, and they're not too spenny either, in my opinion. Um, So I'm going to look her up right now. Oh, she looks lovely. She is a jewellery designer, and she loves all things summer. And I think you should just go and have a look. I'm not going to read all of it out mm-hmm. now, but it does look really, really nice. Uh, Karen Harris has uh, sent us, uh, she did uh, yesterday, she replied to our Dinner with John post, I think. Oh, did she? Um, it was so, he's so nice, oh, Dinner with John, God. isn't he? And we got really overexcited because he, he messaged actually us, messaged he? us yeah. and sent us a voice note, which we yeah. nearly both went to sleep to. It was so <laughs> comforting. <laughs> I He's mean, got such a great voice, hasn't and he? And then he posted yeah. something that we said about him on his yeah, page. Yeah, he did. We it? get really excited when people do that. Yeah, please feel free to repost um, anything, anyone we talk about. It was um, really, we'll really lovely. It uh, it's time to chop the veg, <laughs> and let's put the chicken in the pot. Uh, he's just got such a great voice, yeah. Uh, so this is Karen Harrison. She says, uh, I recently come across this. It's at Passion. Flicks. It's a small film company founded founded by Tosca Musk. Yeah, Tosca Musk. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, and it's Elon's sister, and it's books made into films and directed by her, all run by women. Oh my god, that's interesting, isn't it? Tosca Musk. Wow. Um, okay, following. Yeah, follow that. That uh, sounds great. So Amazing. Thank you for that. That made was into really, really good. Her. Yeah, cracky. Um, who was that? Thanks, was Karen, Karen Harris. Uh, and then let's do one more. Each. Michelle? Uh, I'm doing Michelle, yeah. Just oh, had a week right, okay. at the Wham documentary. You know. Yeah, no, I, I got mean, in like, there first. just get in there. I did get in there. You know. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, well, if you blink, you lose. <laughs> uh, is that a saying? She po- No. No, She posted a, um, a picture of the crisps. Ah, yes. Yes. We love the crisps. Just yes. had a week at the Wham documentary. I am 58 and it, just the sounds of my sixth form in yeah. university. We were so young. Yeah, it is funny, isn't it? It really yeah. made me weep as well. I don't know why I'm pining for the past particularly, but life just seemed so much more kind of simple back then, really. Oh, my God. Sharon. Mm-hmm. Sharon Keyes sent a message. Mm-hmm. Um, Platinum Doug, Californian Night, Spotify, just sending you the link to this song. Add it to your playlist, Davina. You oh. will love it. OMG. Um, he has some cracking tunes. Okay, so I started following a um, an Instagram account this week. I'm just going to finish off with this. It's called Cute Little Pups of IG, as in Instagram. Oh, is this is this one of the ones that you showed me? Yeah. Oh my God, it's too much. So there you go. It's too much. No. Michael, I didn't want a dog. Oh, fuck. Until I saw that. I just can't stop watching them. But they grow up, though, don't they? No, I don't think so. I don't think it grows much bigger than that. Oh, Um, Michael. I like miniature little dogs. I don't know what it is. But it's like a hamster. It is like a guinea pig. It's a teacup multi-poo baby. 
with a short nose, short leg, short body. As if like a multi-poo wasn't yeah. small enough. A miniature multi-poo. Teacup miniature multi-poo. Joel's just walked in. Look at that. Do you want one of them or what? <gasps> Look at that. Ah. Look at his little tummy. <gasps> Look at the way it runs. You wouldn't, oh. You'd never have to walk it because it would be fucking knackered just walking around the living room. And you know what? I could, we could carry it in a sling. In a papoose. Yeah. Is this because we can't have babies? Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, I think we'll have to get. You're going to have to give birth to one of these. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, cute little pups of IG, it's called. I mean, if you love little dogs and everything, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I can't look. <laughs> It's too much. And I just want to say, Sharon, I'm going to go and listen to that song, yeah. Platinum Doug, right now. Um, Thank you. We had loads of other things to go through to this week, but we're going to save it for next week. Save next it. week, ladies and gents, I think last it's going to be for the summer. last one for the summer. We'll make it a good one. And we'll store it up, um, everything we can find this week. But we've already got loads of stuff. I think got loads of stuff. But Hijack. Go and watch Hijack. hijack. We can talk about it next week. Yeah. Uh, lots of love, everybody. Love you. Acast anbefaler. Mit navn er Anders Morgenthaler. Over for mig sidder Roald Bergmann. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi skider skidt af alle de der podcasts og forklarer mig nederen der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulig ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke rigtigt, det finder vi ud af. Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. Ind og lyt til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjov og spas med at have den her vidunderlige dopaminmakker.